This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am Matt Straub. It is Monday, January 25th. This is your serviceable and intriguing waiver wire pickups. We're going to look at some notable opportunities in Indiana, in Cleveland, in Portland, in Detroit, and more. That is all coming up in just a minute. Right now, we are joined, as always, by Steve Alexander. Steve, what uh, what's going on with you? I haven't talked to you in a minute. I feel like it's been it's been weeks. It's probably been days. But what's going on? Well, Matt, did I did I mention to you that I bought a a putter? I don't think so. No, I drive a, a Honda, Matt, and I f- I feel like I'm I'm in that old man stage of my game where I should be driving like a nicer car. I kind of want to just step up and take some of the kids' college money and go buy a Porsche. You know, it's sort of, and it's not a midlife crisis thing. It's just a I kind of want a, a cool car. And uh, my wife is like, "Guess what? You're not doing that." <laughs> And I'm like, okay, fine. So since I couldn't go buy the car I wanted, I decided to go buy the Ferrari of putters. And I've always uh, been super intrigued with the Scotty Cameron line of putters. That's what Tiger Woods used to win most of his tournaments. He has a custom model, but they're, they're super expensive, ridiculously priced putters. But they're also really nice. So... I was walking around town and found a $100 bill on the ground, and I looked at my wife. I'm like, I'm going to go buy a putter, and this $100 bill is going to go towards that effort. And I came home last week from a little trip down to Atlanta with a Scotty Cameron putter, and she pretty much hasn't talked to me in like 10 days. Wait. All right. Now, she's, she actually has spoken to me, but when she does speak to me, she's jabbing me about what a jerk I am for buying a, buying a putter. Hold on. I feel like you buried the headline in a major way about the story. You found a $100 bill on the ground? I did. Steve, that is, you acted like that's normal. That is not normal. It's normal to find like a five or a 10 or something. We've all done that. I would say the list of people who have just found a crisp hundred lying on the ground is not a long <laughs> list. That that's a shocking event, I think. Really? Were you just like, oh, cool, hundred, nice? Yeah, take it home and throw it in the throw it in the, the cash drawer. On top of that, we were hanging out with some friends last weekend, and my buddy Shanna said, um, you know, the Saints are going to roll Tom Brady today, and I was like, oh, you think so? I said, well, let's bet a hundred bucks on it and make it interesting. And I said, and I'm not I'm not talking about a hundred dollars that you pay off the next time we go to dinner i'm like i want a hundred i want hundred dollar bills on the table and we actually threw cat we went to the bank machine threw some cash on the table and uh as we all know tom brady took it to drew Brees. so now i'm already two hundred dollars in on the putter i'm halfway there and i haven't even tapped into the kids college fund yet so this was before you found the hundred on a on the ground that was after i had back to back Benjamin's rolling into my house. So you won the Saints bet, 
found a hundred on the ground. I assume you went and played the lottery. You know the numbers are big, right? I hope you bought yes, a ticket. Yes, we were we were doing that, and that did not work out as well. But my DFS, I've been rolling in DFS, and a lot of it is that Roto World Optimizer. Like I love using that thing to get the bulk of my lineup set, and then I tweak it to the Doctor A strategy after that, and it's been paying off, man. I've been doing doing very well. Nice. Well, last question: Have you used the putter yet? Matt, I have not had a chance to get out there yet. I do go and practice with it every day, making a tee time soon. In fact, maybe you and I should go play if you actually have a day where you're not recording a podcast. All right, good deal. And, you know, maybe imagine if you were ever in Atlanta, (laughs) you could give me a call and we could play golf. Hey, we could have a two-man game. (laughs) Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Right now, I want to talk about a couple names from Indiana. Actually, a few names from Indiana. Jeremy Lamb had 22 points and seven boards in his second game back from ACL surgery. Uh, That was prior to a matinee against the Raptors on Sunday. So it'll be worth checking back to see what all of these Pacers did on Sunday. I'm going to throw these other names at you, Steve, and then you can just give me your blanket reaction to the Pacers situation. I mean, there's Justin Holiday, who we've been mentioning every week, 33% rostered. Then the other name I want to mention is the guy you brought up last week, Mick Buckets, Doug McDermott, 16% rostered prior to Sunday, had averaged 17 points, 4.5 rebounds, 3.0 dimes, 2.8 threes over his last four games, literally does not get steals. He has three of them all season. But otherwise, looking like a pretty strong option right now and is probably the most widely available of all three. Steve, your thoughts? Literally does not get steals should be his new nickname instead of McBuckets because <laughs> I think he he's more known for not getting steals than he is for getting buckets at this point, right? It's almost an art unto itself not getting steals like that, you know? Because, like, the ball occasionally finds you, you know? I mean, I, find, I watch Kevin Herter of the Hawks, obviously, a lot, who's not a good defensive player by any stretch. And, like, the ball just gets thrown to him occasionally, like a decent amount, where he's just in the right place in the right time. McDermott apparently never is in the right place in the right time to just catch an errant pass. It's just amazing. He must always be standing out there in, like, Trey territory, just out looming out there by the logo. Um, yeah, the Pacers play four times this week. Uh, McBuckets was a actually a really good pickup for that five-game week, and he's kept it going after that. And I, I kind of like all three guys that you mentioned, the Justin Holiday and Jeremy Lamb. Jeremy Lamb's only played in, what, two games this season? 
That's right. Yeah, two before Sunday. Yep. So he's getting ready to get hot. And the problem is when all three of those guys are, are going, uh, it's going to be sort of like an Atlanta Hawks situation where there's too many bodies and not enough basketballs to go around. So, But, but for right now, I mean, with a four-game week coming up, I'm fine with McDermott uh, for the week. Cam Johnson is 32% rostered. That's not a low number. That means he's gone in a lot of competitive leagues already. But we'll mention him anyways. 19 points, three three three-pointers, two steals in 35 minutes on Saturday night. Recently joined the starting lineup for the Suns and has had back-to-back games of 30-plus minutes. Those are both season highs for him in the last two games in terms of playing time. Now, he's not going to blow you away, Steve, but per 36 minutes, Cam Johnson is averaging 17.2 points, 4.6 boards, 1.1 steals, 0.7 blocks, and 3.53. So he's a guy who can kind of sneak in some defensive stats here and there, unlike Doug McDermott. What are your thoughts on Cam Johnson? Uh, I feel like Cam Johnson is both serviceable and intriguing. He also plays three games this week. It's probably not the perfect storm to grab Cam and, and let him rip, but... The Suns have sort of announced that he is the starting power forward until further notice. It's his job to lose. I do like the idea of grabbing him. I just don't know that this is the right week to do it. Yeah, the schedule's not ideal, but I think this is one of those cases where if he's still out there for you in a shallow league, I think he's a really good season, looking like a really good season-long pickup. So for me, he's a guy who has potential to be pretty useful the rest of the way, and he would also be a trade target for me, I think, if he's already gone in your league. So I really like him as a season-long option, not just a one-week pickup. Well, yeah, and if you get through this week, he he does go 4-4 four, four the next two after that. So now if you want to pick him up this week, maybe put him on the bench and then get ready to roll him for those next two at least. I'm in favor of adding him to my roster. All right, a couple names to discuss from Denver, Steve. Gary Harris is 15% rostered in Yahoo. We've talked about him a bunch recently, but he's just playing a ton of minutes for Denver. Averaged 38 minutes in his last two games prior to Monday. Scored 19 in one of those, 10 in the other. He's averaging 12 points and 2.03s over his last four. So he's not a must-add and also not a must-add, but interesting slash notable is Monte Morris, who we really haven't talked about much or at all this season. 23% rostered. It's crowded, but Monte Morris is finding playing time. He basically never goes off, but he's hit double-digit points in 13 out of 16 games. Uh, His last nine games, just to give you a sense of what he's doing, 12.4 points, 2.9 dimes, 0.8 steals, 1.4 threes, 54% from the field, just 0.6 turnovers. Steve, an extremely serviceable player in nine-category leagues with basically no ceiling when they're at full strength, but... He's a guy who's really not going to hurt you and, you know, occasionally will help you a little bit. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'll tell you, when I when I use the Roto World DFS optimizer tool to set DFS lineups, a lot of times Monty Morris shows up there and he shows up as the low-end flyer guy that you're going to put a bunch of studs around. And it's because, like you said, he scored in double digits in 13 out of 16. Jamal Murray's got a shoulder thing right now, I think. Monty has carved out a role for that Nuggets team. Now, the return of MPJ could impact him a little bit as far as just, you know, a couple minutes here or there. But, you know, Monty's been playing pretty well and is playing for a good team. I think he's locked into that, you know, 24, 25-minute-per-game role for the rest of the season. You spoke of how the return of MPJ is impacting Monte Morris. How is the return of MPJ impacting you as a human being, Steve? Well, I'll tell you what, Matt. It's been a rough 
couple weeks in fantasy hoops. And I don't know how everybody else's teams look, but mine, you know, have you ever set a DFS lineup and then a guy's a late scratch and you've got, you're going with eight guys and everybody else you're playing against has nine? I just kind of feel like that's an everyday situation right now with all these postponements and yeah. injuries to my guys. I've got Cat, I've got Christian Wood, I've got MPJ. My wife has Gilbert Arenas on her weekly league thing that we're in, and she, you know, he hasn't played. I don't remember the last time I saw Brad Beal play basketball. So, wait, wait, I, I gotta, I gotta jump in right there. Did you mean to say Gilbert Arenas? Oh, good lord, did I say <laughs> Gilbert Arenas? I think you did. I didn't say Bradley Beal. I thought you were joking. I thought you were just slipping in a joke about how how rough your wife's roster was looking that she had Gilbert Arenas on it. Well, she drafted Gilbert Arenas, and she can't figure out why she's not winning. So, Uh, For some reason, man, I interchange John Wall, Gilbert Arenas, and Bradley Beal just randomly. I'll be on the bus, you know, headed to the market, and I'll just... Tell somebody, hey, did you see what Gilbert Arenas did last night? And I meant to be talking about Bradley Beal or or John Wall. Wizards point guards, Wizards shooting guards, messing you up. Yeah, and and Brandon Roy and Rudy Gay used to do it to me, too. I just think it, it is tremendous, though, because Gilbert Arenas has not played in the NBA since 2012. It's not like he, we just saw him last week. <laughs> but he's always there, Matt. He's always he's always he's there, just right on the precipice. Always, just yeah. right there. But anyway, all these guys are missing games, and I've got PPDs and Red Crosses all over every roster. I'm getting beat by teams I should not be getting beat by, and I, I, frankly, I'm a little annoyed with the whole thing right now. Well, do you want to just stop doing the podcast right now? Should we call it a day? No, keep going. Absolutely not. All right, well, let's let's press ahead to Minnesota. Nas Reed, speaking of big-name players being out, of course, Carl Anthony Towns has has still been out. Nas Reed rostered in 22% of Yahoo leagues. He had a season-high 20 points on Saturday. His last three games include 15.7 points, 5.0 boards, 2.7 blocks, 1.73s. Steve, at this point, I think, given how much time Carl Anthony Towns has missed from last year and then to this year, I really think Nas Reed is approaching must-have insurance if you have Towns, don't you think? Well, and do you know which NBA basketball team has the greatest weekly schedule between now and the All-Star break? I'm going to guess that it is... The Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, okay. They go 4-4-4-4-4. That is five weeks in a row of four games. Nas Reed's coming off a great game on Saturday. It's a perfect storm. He's probably available in your league, and they play... 20 games over the next five weeks is perfect. Go get him. One other name, Minnesota. If you miss out on Nas Reed, we, of course, as of this taping, don't know exactly when Carl Anthony Towns is going to be back. But Jared Vanderbilt has been making some noise as well for Minnesota. And I think that probably goes away once Carl Anthony Towns is back. But he's just 6% rostered, had 16 points, 11 rebounds with two steals and a block in just 21 minutes on Saturday. Two steals, a block in the game prior to that. Per 36 minutes on Vanderbilt, 13.4 points, 11.3 boards, 3.1 dimes, 2.8 steals, 1.3 blocks. Steve, to me, Vanderbilt seems like a guy who you maybe pick up as a short-term guy in deeper leagues right now and then keep him filed away as a name for later in the season because this Timberwolves team is obviously going nowhere and Vanderbilt seems like the kind of guy who at the end of the season could be getting a lot of run. 
Yeah, I think in a deeper league, you're picking him up, especially with the way the schedule looks. Like we just talked about, four, 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 four. But Vanderbilt's one of those guys where a lot of people have been clamoring for him to get more minutes. Like why he's not playing more for the Timberwolves doesn't make a lot of sense to me, and it doesn't make a lot of sense to to a lot of other people. And if you're in a standard like twelve man league. He's at least on your watch list. You put him on your radar. Like, I'm sort of waiting for Vanderbilt to blow up. And, you know, the numbers you rattled off for his last two games are very encouraging. If he does it again in the next one, I think it's probably time to move on him. Because, like you said, the Timberwolves have no reason not to develop this kid and let him play. Are you... Up against the clock to get your waiver claims in, or maybe you can't decide who to start as tip-off approaches, save time, and make the best decisions with our all-new NBA League Sync tool. League Sync pulls in all of your team and league info from Yahoo to show you who the best available players are on the waiver wire, who you should start, who you should sit, and much more. Let League Sync do all the work. You can bring home all of the glory. Get League Sync, our DFS tools, and our draft and season tools as part of the Edge Plus Pro Tier. Go to rotoworld.com edge for more and use promo code NBAPOD10. For $10 off any annual premium package. Steve, I can't believe we waited this long to talk about him, but Wayne Ellington is on a serious heater right now. You may have noticed, you may not have noticed, his last four games, 18.8 points, 2.8 rebounds, 0.8 steals, 5.3 three-pointers in those four games, shooting 55.8% from the field in 31 minutes. Every time I flip to a Pistons game, I first ask myself why I just did that, and then I see Wayne Ellington nailing a three. I mean, the guy is absolutely unconscious right now. 31 minutes per game over this stretch. His three-pointers game by game, 7-4-6-4. There's no telling when this hot streak ends, of course, but clearly if you're desperate for threes, you go pick up Wayne Ellington. I think he's 17% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. This one seems like a true no-brainer to me. See how long it lasts. Yeah, I've picked him up in a few leagues. I've been using him in DFS. Uh, Detroit goes 4-4-3-4-4 over the next five Ooh, weeks, which is it's a lot of fours. ideal. It's a lot of fours. And he's basically a three-point specialist at heart. But he, no doubt. he's going to get more steals than Doug McDermott. He's going to get you some assists and some rebounds. He's going to score a bunch of points for a terrible basketball team. And, uh, yeah, I'm feeling him very much so. Torian Prince, 15% rostered, had a couple of good games for Cleveland against his former team, the Nets, right after the trade. Combined 15 points, five boards, one steal, one block, two and a half threes in those two games after the trade. Now, I'm skeptical about the defensive stats, in particular the blocks, because we haven't really seen Prince be a defensive stats dynamo in recent years. But I am open to stashing Prince in a deeper league to see where this goes. And, of course... The Cavs played on Sunday. If he did nothing against Boston after we record this, I'm a lot less interested. Before that game, what are your thoughts on Prince? Yeah, I mean, he's Torian Prince. He is what he is. I I tried to stick with him for as long as I could when he was an Atlanta Hawk. And I've just, he did have some good games against his former team, the Nets. Like you said, I think there was some revenge going on there. I think he was fired up to play against that team. Cleveland does go 4-4-4 the next three weeks so that's encouraging they're also not very good which is encouraging that that's this kind of situation Torian Prince probably needs to be in to, to really have success it really fits the mold of this podcast he's both serviceable and intriguing but he's also a little makes me nervous 
Yeah. I mean, I think there's just a guy who maybe a change of scenery jars something into place. And he is obviously a guy who has some potential and has put up some good numbers before. So he's at least on a watch list and maybe pick him up. But I also would say Isaac Okoro, still only 9% rostered, Steve. Just saying the numbers aren't there yet, but continues to be a great stash for moving forward. I like having him on my rosters. I don't play him very often unless, you know, if I if I've got options, I have not been playing him, but those minutes are so in, are so intriguing, really. They are. And it's like 35 a game. And eventually he's going to put it together and start I think he's going to start going off. I I think he could really be a second half uh stallion. I have one league where we've it's a Yahoo league, but we've really kind of hacked it to fit how we want it to work and basically the waiver wire opens at noon on Sundays and it's a bunch of my friends so people just text in their pick like we have the the whole waiver wire is locked all the time right waivers run every night though are you following me yes so so there's never like the free agent pickups same day except on Sundays that's the only day where you can do it so the point is the waiver wire opens in about two minutes I think I need to pick up a core on that league because I noticed he's sitting out there so that's just a reminder to myself that I will definitely forget one minute from now as I'm talking. You better send yourself a text. <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Let's go quick hitters down the stretch here, Steve. Rodney Hood, who's 16% rostered, and Gary Trent Jr., 15% rostered. Both potentially have some appeal because C.J. McCollum is out, we now know, a long time with a broken foot. The other guy I'm watching there is Derek Jones Jr., who is 10% rostered. So much potential in theory. He has three blocks exactly in two of his last three games, two steals in two of his last three games, 30-plus minutes in his last two games before Sunday, if this guy can just figure out, Steve, how to score something around 10 points per game, he is such a fun fantasy option because of those defensive stats. But I just I just don't know if he can do it. Every time I'm watching the Blazers, there's Derek Jones getting an open three, and he just clangs it. And, and like he's so far down the list in terms of priority for shots on that team. I'm skeptical he can do it, but I've got my eye on him just in case. I'm picking him up more than I'm – well, I'm not picking Gary Trent up anymore. I'm kind of – the Rodney Hood explosion is, seems to me to be signaling that we're not going to see the Gary Trent that we saw in the bubble last year. 
Gary Trent also likes to stand out there and bomb threes and doesn't do a lot of the peripheral stuff. And like you said, Derek Jones Jr., like the steals and threes alone, I don't really even care if he's scoring a ton of points right now. Like he's the guy that I want, especially if he ever gets hot and does start scoring, he's going to go crazy. But if I'm picking up a blazer right now, it's going to be Jones Jr., by the way, I did remember to pick up Isaac Okoro, so great success there. Great news. I remembered to unplug my refrigerator, so. <laughs> well done. Things are really. Tip for tap right there. <laughs> things are really coming together. All right, back to Detroit for one second. Josh Jackson made some noise early in the season, then got quiet. Now has exactly three blocks in each of his last two games. 11.5 points in those two games, 1.03s. He played 24 and 31 minutes in those two games. He's 10% rostered in Yahoo. I think you liked Josh Jackson earlier in the year, Steve. Where do you land on him right now? Yeah, I had him on a bunch of rosters for a minute. Obviously, that's no longer the case. He started for Blake Griffin, I believe, on Saturday. So when Griffin is sitting... I think Josh Jackson is an intriguing guy to use. But when Blake Griffin's playing and, and if they're going to give City Bay minutes and Dumboya gets a little funky, he's a guy I want to watch. I'm, I'm keeping an eye on Josh Jackson to see where we're at a week from now. All right. How about this one, Steve? David Nwaba is 2% rostered for the Rockets. He had 18 points and two threes in 27 minutes on Saturday. The last six games for him look like this. 10.5 points, 3.5 rebounds, 2.5 assists, 1.8 steals, which is the main number that gets my attention, 0.5 blocks, and 0.73s in 25 minutes per game. Things have gotten flat out weird in Houston because we're just seeing a bunch of random names pop up with value. Where does Nawaba fall for you? Is he a guy you've picked up anywhere or would consider picking up? Well, I got all fired up about Jay Sean Tate on Friday, and I... I was tweeting, and people were like, why Why are you so excited about this guy? Because John Wall's coming back, Eric Gordon's coming back, Christian Wood's coming back. Like, they're just injury-riddled, and like you said, a little weird right now. Nawaba, somebody who was in my DFS lineup on Saturday, and he went off, I feel like it's kind of hit or miss with these guys. Like, Jay Sean had a couple of real good games in a row. Then Eric Gordon comes back and scores a season-high I believe, what do you have, 30, 31 or something? And then Nawaba's been playing good, but once Wall and Gordon and Christian Wood are all back and rolling, I'm not sure what's going to happen there. So I, I think, like you said, Nawaba's worth a look. I think Tate is still worth a look. I can see Jayshon Tate having a big second half. Houston plays three games this week. That means that you don't really probably need to move on any of them right now but I mean all of these guys are guys you should be watching closely what do you make of Boogie Cousins because he obviously went absolutely nuts on Saturday night against your Dallas Mavericks 28 points 17 boards five assists in 30 minutes the game before that he had 15 boards seven assists but shot just two for 16 now obviously Christian Wood has been out but given the state of the Rockets I mean, there's a chance here where DeMarcus Cousins now kind of has shown something, has shown those flashes, and possibly we see more Cousins playing alongside Wood once Wood is back to where Cousins is carving out 25 minutes a game. I mean, that's a great question. We talked about that before the season started. Like, what is DeMarcus Cousins' role going to be on that team? We do know that him and Christian Wood can play together a little bit. We do know that Christian Wood would 
make for a fine power forward. He doesn't necessarily have to play center. So I think it's possible all that could happen. I'm just a little concerned that we didn't see it in the opening few weeks when Christian Wood was rolling and healthy. We haven't really seen Boogie out there with Wood very much. I think going forward it could happen, but I'm still not able to grab DeMarcus Cousins just yet and put him on a roster that where I need to rely on every roster spot to produce for me. But, man, he looked good on Saturday. He looked good in the game before that. Both games, Christian Wood was out. Wood should be back really soon, I think. So I, I'm kind of in a wait-and-see mode on Boogie. I, I think I'm in a wait-and-let-somebody-else-pick-him-up mode. Yeah, well, and I bring this up because I know he was probably on, still already on rosters in a lot of leagues, but I did have a couple people ask me recently about him. One friend was asking me a few days ago, like, is it okay to drop Cousins? That was like a week ago. And then I had another person asking me on Saturday night after his big game, you know, he's sitting on waivers. How much budget should I use to pick him up? So I think people, I think it's an interesting question. I think to me, he's a guy who needs to be on benches and let's see what happens. But I have my doubts, I guess. It doesn't seem like the Rockets are committed to playing him big minutes when Wood is healthy, but I think crazier things have happened than his minutes increasing from here. He's a good one to talk about because uh, we don't know when Wood is coming back exactly. We don't know what's going to happen down the road. And, you know, Boogie, they've been doing a nice job of keeping his minutes low. I mean, he, he could have a big second half. Stranger things have happened. Well, and it's also possible, you know, maybe those early minutes were kind of like training camp for him. I mean, you know, he's a guy who's obviously had a lot of injuries. They're being careful with him early. And now they're they're thinking, all right, he's he's shown it. And now let, let's ramp it up a little bit. He's not a guy who's going to need a lot of minutes to be fantasy relevant. Let's just put it that way. You know, our, our idea for going quick hits over these last few guys really went out the window with the first one. We talked <laughs> yeah, about them more bad. than we talked about the other guys. I think we kind of went quick on Josh Jackson, so I'm going to give us credit for one quick hitter. Okay, all right. Two quick hitters to close it out. Digging really deep, if we haven't already. Trey Burke. Yes, Trey Burke has four straight double-digit games for your Mavericks. 5% rostered during that stretch of four games. 16.3 points, just 1.8 dimes, but 2.0 steals and 2.83 pointers in 26 minutes per game. You're, of course, the resident Dallas Mavericks scholar around here. Is this playing time in any way, shape, or form sustainable for Trey Burke? I think it is. Uh, the Mavericks go 4-4-4 four, four, four over the next three weeks. Trey Burke and Jalen Brunson both are playing a lot of shooting guard for that team, and they look like guys to me that you can put on your roster. They're not going to hurt you anywhere. If Tim Hardaway's having a down game or an off night, they're going to help you, and I like both of them. All right, I think this is the last name, Steve. It's got to be the last name. Grayson Allen is 3% rostered. Memphis has had a bunch of games postponed recently, but Allen has been playing well. His last three games, 16 points per game, 4.3 boards, 3.0 assists, 1.0 steals, 0.7 blocks, and 2.73s in 26 minutes. Now, Grayson Allen really hasn't proven to be much of an option outside of points and threes, so I'm skeptical that any of these other stats, these peripheral stats, can continue, but... It's a notable streak from a guy who's just 3% rostered. Does this one move the needle for you at all? Not really. There's a reason I put it last. Well, and there's a reason I'm really, don't, really not into it right now is uh, Memphis, after absolutely destroying fantasy teams last week with almost an entire week of postponements, they're now sitting on a two-game week this week a a two-man draft uh they've got a two-game week 
when you know half the teams in the league play four games. So you can't mess with Grayson Allen right now. You can't mess with Xavier Tillman right now. You can barely mess with John Morant right now. Hopefully all this time off just means we're closer to seeing Jaron Jackson Jr. But yeah, Grayson Allen, unless you're in like a Roto League where games played just don't mean anything, and it's a super deep Roto League, just keep Grayson on your radar. All right. That's going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a moment to rate and review us as well. We are going to be back on Friday to talk about some stuff. Thanks to all of you for listening. Steve, thanks for taking the time. We'll talk to you soon. See you. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.